Hey, what's up, y'all? Alan Kenny, host of Blatant Homerism Podcast. Lots going down in Columbus, Ohio uh, the past uh, couple weeks with uh, Urban Meyer and uh, some nasty allegations against one of his now former assistant coaches, Zach Smith. Um, I brought on our friend uh, Dan Wolken of USA Today Sports who wrote a uh, you know really, really good column, in my opinion, about uh, Meyer and uh, you know his kind of... Uh, his uh, self-righteousness, as well as uh, maybe looking at some potential guys who, if Meyer does get canned, uh, might end up taking over the program. And there's a familiar name he had at the top of the list. So let's go ahead and welcome Dan on to talk a little bit about that. Dan, what's up, man? Alan, I'm all right. How are you? Oh, no complaints here, man. No complaints here. It's uh, It had been such a quiet uh, college football offseason right up until about uh, – Two weeks ago, when Brent McMurphy uh, broke all this news about uh, Urban Meyer's now former uh, wide receivers coach uh, Zach Smith, you know, uh, with some pretty serious allegations of domestic uh, abuse against his wife, uh, that appeared to be fairly, you know, long running. Um, I guess, just generally speaking, uh, I mean, does does it surprise you that that Meyer would get caught up in something like this? <laughs> Well, uh, before we get to that, you know, it's funny. I just want to say, like, everyone's talking about how it's been a quiet or boring offseason in college football. It really hasn't been for me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, yeah. (laughs) uh, Between, uh, you know, the Tennessee stuff, between me and Mike Leach going at each other, uh, my offseason has somehow found a way to be pretty eventful. Uh, But uh, (laughs) I do get the feeling that August is going to be wild because there's just – you know, it's kind of got that feeling in the air right now where there's just stuff popping and Urban is uh, that deal. And here's the thing. Um, am I surprised? No, because when he was questioned about all this at Big Ten Media Day, when it came out in the first McMurphy report, and I wasn't there in Chicago, but obviously I was following it and saw the comments and then he gave an interview to Stu Mandel where he basically said that the timing of him being fired had nothing to do with the 2015 report coming to light. It just, it the explanation made no sense at all. And he didn't seem very prepared for the whole deal. Um, you know, his comment about, I don't know why someone would even make a report like that. Uh, talking about McMurphy, you know, or, or write a story like that. And it's so typical urban, but it was just like tone deaf. It he got into the he said she said, which you can that's something you can really never drop publicly when you're a head coach and you're dealing with a domestic violence thing. Like you can't say that anymore, right? Mm-hmm. It's just that's the worst thing you could say. He, you know, the he said she said. Like there's a, way more nuance because he said she said is in some ways an analog for well, we just we we'll never really know, and. And so now we know, based on these text messages, that there was way more to it than that. And so I'm not surprised, just because his whole performance at Big Ten Media Day was so bizarre that it did seem like there was something else there. Well, and the thing of it is, is that, you know, even back then, I mean, Brett Murphy was, he was producing the receipts, so to speak, you know, I mean, he was coming up, he had, you know, police reports. Now you could say, well, was, uh, was Zach Smith ever taken into custody or wasn't he not, whatever. Uh, but then for Meyer to have said, oh, well, there was nothing to it, nothing, there was no, no record, nothing like that. Like, 
though that's that that's a huge loose end hanging out there that somebody had to have you presumably known about or you know had to have somehow made made its way into someone there in the program's uh you know purview at some point well and it looks even worse now that we have the text messages and the group chats where look at minimum all the wives of the assistant coaches knew there was a problem um they were all talking to each other about it which means at least some of them were going to be talking to their husbands about it, which means their husbands were going to be talking to each other about it. Like this is not the kind of thing in a program where people are working with and around each other 18 hours a day and doing things on the weekends with families and going out on the road recruiting together. Like this is not something that is when that many people are talking about it, that it's going to go away or be a secret. So now whether urban knew We'll hopefully have some sort of smoking gun one way or the other. Uh, but it's just like it was it was obviously a big topic within the program at, at that level uh, among the husbands and wives. And so it's um, any way you look at it, and especially the context Urban tried to give it at Big Ten Media Days, it looks like just a total spin job. Yeah, and uh, you know, one of the interesting parts to me is, you know, obviously you start getting into stuff that becomes second, third hand, and and hearsay. But you know, there's two different sets of text messages in there. One of them is obviously uh, Courtney Smith talking directly with Shelley Meyer. But then later on, you know, there's there are indications in her conversations with another coach's wife that Meyer was aware of all this and had talked, had spoken to to Zach Smith about it. Uh, which again would fly completely in the face of uh, everything that is that that he said about it. So, right. So, so part of the mystery we have to unravel here in looking at this whole thing is why was Zach Smith so important to keep around? You know, wide receivers coaches generally are pretty expendable. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, there's some very good wide receivers coaches. Don't get me wrong, and there's guys who are wide receivers coaches who become offensive coordinators who become head coaches and whatever. But I mean, typically a head coach is not going to put themselves out there um, in, or put themselves into a situation that could hurt them or their program or their reputation over trying to save a wide receivers coach. Um, so why, mm-hmm. what was, what was going on there? And, you know, part of me just wonders, and, and this isn't, reporting i'm just Uh you know just sort of spitballing on what on the psychology of this you know because zach smith had had that domestic incident in 2009 as an intern and urban decided right then that he was going to um you know intervene to try to save a young family or however he put it right um that at that point when cut ties them when he decided that this was going to be his project, that it that it became something different than just a, a business uh, decision for him and, and what's best for the program. I think he might have lost perspective on what he was dealing with because he was invested in the marriage working. He was invested in this guy not being an abuser, that he was invested in being able to help this guy, which is, frankly, given what we know about Urban Meyer, something that you could imagine him doing. Uh-huh. And that's where I sort of wonder if in 2015, if he knew 
that basically he would have been put in a position that if it got out or if he acknowledged that he knew or if he fired Zach Smith at that point, it would have been an acknowledgement that he had failed and that he had given a second chance to the wrong person, which is something he was already getting crucified for, for at Florida with players. I, that's a really long-winded theory, but it's the only one that makes sense in my head right now. Yeah, I mean, the other thing about that too, though, is uh, what did Meyer disclose when he wanted to hire Smith in 2012 to people at Ohio State, which, again, you know, it, it could be, well, uh, again, and I, and I hate, I don't like speculating here, but it could be he didn't mention anything about it, then all of a sudden, uh, he's thinking, oh God, well, then it's going to get out that in 2009, <laughs> you know, he had done this and I didn't mention that to uh, my superiors here. Or maybe he did mention it to his superiors there and they dropped the ball. I mean, the the one thing that, that I come back to on this too is looking at this, if I'm Gene Smith and, and people who are higher than Meyer on the org chart there at Ohio State, um, you know, I want this resolved pretty quickly before people start asking me questions about my about what I knew or what my role in this entire thing should was or should be. Yeah, it hadn't gotten a lot of attention yet because this is so new. But in conversations I've had with people uh, around the country, there is sort of this undercurrent of what is going to happen with Gene Smith because uh, even though he's got a ton of equity built up there and and a lot of respect. Uh, and obviously knows how to run a successful athletic department. Uh, This would be the second time a national championship winning coach has blown up their career in a scandal. And typically you, you, you may get one uh, mulligan on that, but you typically don't get two. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, clearly, clearly has uh, been the case. So I guess here's, so, so, Let's say that um, you know it comes out. They do an investigation. There's no smoking gun. There's nothing to say. Oh, Meyer clearly knew about this and lied about it, or what have you. Uh, at that point, you know, does Meyer keep his job? Is it is? I mean, in your opinion, or do you think that he this is progressing towards him being him being gone? Well, that's the consensus opinion. And again, I don't know that anyone has the facts. I don't know that anyone has this great insight yet into what they're talking about at Ohio State at that level. But the, the consensus opinion across the country right now is that he has coached his last game at Ohio State and that this administrative leave is essentially to secure the terms of, of the mm-hmm. separation. And, and certainly, Urban, if he wanted to coach again, you know, maybe there's a deal where he's not found to be at fault, but he resigns or, you know, I mean, there's all kinds of things you can, you can do with it. Um, I think it would be hard for him to come back for a number of reasons. And especially if he is quote cleared by an internal investigation, you will have the whole country outside of Columbus, Ohio, looking at that and saying the game was rigged from the start. Um, so I don't see how that's a a very satisfactory outcome. If if you're going to clear him, you have to do it via an external investigation, Mm -hmm. right? Um, so that's just my sense of it, that, that maybe this is all leading up to next week, some sort of separation. But, uh, then again, you know, Urban Meyer's 
won 90% of his game, so who knows. Yeah, I guess, you know, my, my question would be, like, it just seems like given, you know, everything that has gone on with my in Meyer's career at Florida, the, the you know, kind of reputation that he, you know, deservedly, I think, gained there for kind of enabling a lot of, uh, you know, really bad dudes. I mean, you know, Aaron Hernandez just being just being one of them. Uh, and then, then this, you know, it's just kind of one of those things where I, I don't know how, you know, Ohio State could look at and say this is the guy that at this point we really want to have out there or that he could, you know, really maintain any any hope of having any kind of credibility when it came to just about anything, you know. I mean, like, it just especially, you know, when being caught in what looks like a pretty much a bull-faced lie at uh, well, Big Ten Media Days. Well, and then if you clear him and say he had no knowledge, well, then a lot of this falls on Shelly Meyer. And I don't see how that's a very good outcome either. Certainly not. Certainly not for her husband. I mean, for for, for their marriage, I would think. But well, and yeah. just for and, and just for uh, having a, a program where part of the success of the urban deal is people sort of buying into his. You know, I don't. I don't want to call it something negative. Um, People buying into his narrative. How about that? Mm-hmm. You know, and and that that's a very specific, um, you know, narrative with a lot of buzzwords and catchphrases and cliches and self-help guides and, uh, you know, speakers and all the things that go into urban being urban that, you know, is well documented over the years. And how do you continue to pull that off then if basically your wife, who's sort of the you know, almost like the co-coach and the person that everyone sort of confides in and talks to. And she's, you know, she's part of the team as anyone else. Like you've thrown her under the bus as, yeah. I, I don't know how that works either. Yeah. That's a great, that's a great point. And, you know, you go back and read, you know, for example, I think uh, it was last year, maybe two years ago when he did, he did a pretty big sit down interview about, you know, his dealing with his own kind of emotional issues or what have you. And, talking all the all the stuff in there about how his wife had been such a big help and you know their their relationship and you know how close they were and all this i mean it just yeah it it certainly wouldn't uh wouldn't seem to uh, just wouldn't seem to fit it just it wouldn't work um so i guess you know then going forward my my other question would be you know you're ohio state in this case too i mean urban meyer is a spectacular football coach but You've won with guys like John Cooper, you know, in the past. I mean, like, he, he there's nothing that, that Meyer has really done now to, that would make me think that, you know, similar coaches out there couldn't also replicate, you know. And, and that's why I also don't think I, – I don't get why necessarily he'd be seen as so untouchable at this point. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. You, you look through the history of college football, and whatever blue blood – uh, you want to name, whether it's Texas, USC, Oklahoma, Florida State, um, they've all had, you know, sort of the dark period, right? Yeah. Alabama, notable, right? It's always the story of you go through this dark period and, you know, maybe it takes a couple coaches and, and you're, you're way down and it's, and then it just gets embarrassing enough and you, you finally hire the right coach and then it gets right very quickly. 
you know, you, you bounce back very quickly because you've got all these things going for you as a program. You know, remarkably, Ohio State's never really had that that dark period uh, for 50 years. Like they, they've had a couple bad years, uh, you know, where they would go six and six or whatever. Um, but they've never had a sustained long period where they're searching, you know, for how to fix the program. And here like they pretty seamlessly, um, you know, went from from Woody Hayes to Earl Bruce to. Um, you know, John Cooper to Jim Tressel to Urban Meyer. And, you know, and, and they've wanted a pretty high level, like for 50 straight years. And so you would think that they could do that again and that they would go out and hire, you know, somebody really good and uh, for easy to hire a coach. But there's just so many advantages to Ohio State uh-huh. that, uh, I, yeah, I don't know that you have to die on the Urban Meyer Hill with all this. Right. So, you know, let's uh, talk then about if uh, Meyer doesn't survive this. Uh, I mean, who's next? You know, you threw out Bob Stoops as uh, as a name that, uh, you know, would, would certainly be somewhere high on Ohio State's list. Uh, I mean, can you tell us a little bit about the, your thoughts there? Yeah. So, like, when you reach out to people who are very smart about this business and you say, OK, what do you think? game out for me what what's going to happen at Oklahoma if Urban gets fired you know and I think basically the consensus is well you call Bob Stoops and he probably says no but you call Bob Stoops and that makes all the sense in the world I mean look Bob Stoops um, doesn't have a job uh, you know he's he, he sort of an, it's sort of analogous to Urban when he took the year off uh, after Florida and was out there on ESPN and um, the timing worked out great obviously everyone knows Bob's from Youngstown and yeah, um, and they have that they have that kind of that fetish about uh, the, you know having the Ohio ties, you know, too. Well, sure, and there's also a lot of good coaches with Ohio. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. You know, and so that that makes sense. And you know, again, I don't know if Bob will do it. I kind of doubt he will. But you know, in any interview he's he's given uh, since he retired, I think he's been very purposeful about keeping the the door ajar you know just Mm -hmm. slightly um because look i I think it's just i think it's just being honest like as a human being to say you know i'm gonna retire and i think it's great and it's been cool this year but you know maybe by next year i might i might be tired of it i might i might get the itch again you know i might be bored so who knows what's in his head now and what's going to be in his head in in uh you know in, in six months um or I guess it would be four months now, but mm-hmm. you know, but but Ohio State's a great program. Ohio State's a place you can win uh, national national titles, and so yeah, um, I, I would put the odds of that low, but I think it's the odds are greater than zero. So now, and this is interesting to me because you know, I, I also remember you know kind of the the last few years there for Stoops at Oklahoma, and uh, you know he dealt with a lot of. Um, you know, high, clearly very high profile disciplinary cases and, you know, took, a, took quite a bit of criticism, you know, for how he handled, uh, you know, the Joe Mixon case or bringing Doyle Green Beckham into the program. Uh, you know, I mean, he also, uh, you know, was coached during a, during an NCAA scandal. Um, so it, it, one thing that I do find interesting is that people would still view him as, as a pretty, viable candidate given the circumstances in which in in our theory you know theoretical world here 
Urban Meyer would have left Ohio State, if that makes sense. Well, right. I mean, here's the thing: is is I understand the 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 um, compulsion to to try to connect those those issues. I, I see them as different in the sense that the stuff that that Oklahoma got criticized for a few years ago um, with Mixon, with Green Beckham, and all that, those are sort of you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm probably, I'll probably get killed for saying this. And, and I don't mean this in, in a dismissive way at all, but those are sort of, of, of issues that are, are semi normal, um, in terms of running a football program. Like those are types of things that are, are not, um, you know, those kinds of decisions I, I don't think are like out of bounds of, of the kinds of things that, that have been consistent in how people have run football programs. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I, I, mean, I think, yeah. I think with Zach Smith, I think you look at that in a different light and say, okay, that's, that's covering up for something really bad. If that's what it was, you know what I mean? I just, mm-hmm. I don't think those are, are, are sort of the same. And, and let me also add, and, and I know you've got a point to make here, but um, you know, I think those guys have sort of, been pretty open that that the conversation around this stuff has changed that maybe you know if it was two years later if it was post ray rice they wouldn't have taken green beckham um you know with mixon i mean it was a complicated deal uh, he sat out a year i i mean i know some people have said that's not a punishment i get it like i think that's I, to me that one's more complicated than some people want to give it credit for i really believe that um, now, whether they made the right decision or the wrong decision, we can debate, and I could. I think there's valid arguments both ways. Um, but again, I don't think anything that happened there was like. It, yes, they got criticized, but it wasn't like it was out of the mainstream of how that's kind of handled. You know. Yeah, and I think that you know, if it, if if someone had brought that up to me, you know, I mean, my my contention would be well. I mean, the other thing about it, you know, you mentioned here, there there wasn't an effort to cover it up. I mean, Stoops, you know, and, and, and heck, David Bourne even, I mean, were out there. They answered questions about it. They talked about it. Uh, you know, there are things that, that I'm absolutely 100% certain they wish that they had done differently. I don't know if they would have necessarily changed, you know, how they handled all of it, but... Uh, you know, I, I, I certainly think that there, I never got the impression that soups was lying to anyone or, or covering anything up there, which is completely different. I think from what we're seeing with, uh, Meyer in this case, in terms of the impression that everyone's getting. Yeah, that's the only point I would make. And so I, I just don't think like that's disqualifying because I, and again, I, I, I don't mean to minimize yeah. this at all because it's, it's incredibly important, but if we're going to you know, disqualify every, uh, potential Ohio state coach based on, you know, did they make a mistake in handling, um, you know, a, a, a case here, a case there, did they give enough punishment? Um, you know, everyone's going to have things, yeah. you know, in their career, if they're coaching long enough where, you know, maybe uh, they didn't, they didn't handle it the right way. Um, and so I don't think we can disqualify everyone, uh, who's had a, a player, you know, um, uh, have a domestic violence uh, or whatever, um, you know, any whatever that situation may be, we can't disqualify them uh, just because, you know, Urban Meyer 
might have covered up. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, and I'm that, with you. Yeah. That to me is just it's not that's not the right way to look at this. All right. Well, in our in our hypothetical world here, in which uh, Urban Meyer is no longer coaching at Ohio State, they call Bob Stoops. Bob Stoops says no. Uh, who's next on the list? Yeah, and that's where it gets interesting, right? And so I think you have to call uh, Gary Patterson and David Shaw and Chris Peterson. I mean, those are the three who come up in every search. Yeah. Uh, and and they always say no, right? Mm-hmm. And I think they probably would say no. Although I I do think. Um, you know, I do think uh, of those three, I could see Gary Patterson maybe giving it a shot. Yeah. I don't know if he's a great. I don't know if he's a great fit there. Yeah. Um, Personality-wise, uh, but you know, again, let, let's just operate under the assumption that things will be as they've been, and those guys all say no. I mean, I think then, you know, then it's like then you're kind of like Matt Campbell, mm-hmm. and you know, depending on how Ryan Day does his uh, is the interim. You, you look at Ryan Day and, you know, maybe you look at Justin Fuente and, you know, but that's kind of the, where you are at that point. And I think Matt Campbell would be very good. I think he's an excellent coach and he's young. He's in his thirties, uh, but he's in the power five. He's done a heck of a job at Iowa state. Um, and he's from Ohio. So that's one that I could totally see. Yeah, that was Matt Campbell was the f- very first name that came to mind for me. Um, you know, I joked around about uh, Tom Herman at Texas. I, I can't imagine, though, that, uh, you know, he'd, he'd actually leave there after just two years. Well, I mean, look, the one thing that you just don't know is how things are going with Chris Del Conte, who is an athletic director at Texas that did not hire Tom Herman. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, I mean, let's face it, Tom Herman is not the um, – he's not the most – uh, he's not the easiest person probably to, to be around and work with mm-hmm. every day. Like, I, I think that's fair to say. I think a lot of people who have been around him would say that. And so, you know, is that, is that relationship going okay? And I, I don't know one way or the other, to be honest. I, I have no idea. Um, so that could be potentially. But then on the other hand, you know, is Ohio State really enamored with Tom Herman? You know, no, that's the other side of the coin. And I'm not sure that's true either. Yeah, that's a that's a good point, especially given that Herman coached, you know, under Meyer for during this during this period too. Yeah, so um, I don't think Herman would really be a legitimate uh, option, although I'm sure uh, a lot of people would be happy to put that rumor out. And oh yeah, get another contract. And oh yeah, oh yeah, especially if he he you know he goes like eight and four or something like that, so he's not quite you know uh, getting where they need to be. But I'm sure that. Uh, yeah, there's some people out there who'd be happy to float that. Well, uh, it's like, you know, it's been, uh, I guess you, you mentioned it's been eventful for you. What are some of the, are there any big stories that you're you're following real closely here now that, uh, you know, season's really just about to crank up or anything that you'll be watching closely? Um, you know, I, 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 I sort of sense something different in the air. I, I, I sense... Uh, the empowerment of the student athlete uh, in a way that uh, I think is going to manifest itself in some interesting ways over the next couple of years. I don't know how exactly, but uh, every year you, you get a little bit more uh, college athletes understanding the power they have, the platform they have, um, the ability to organize potentially, the ability to hold their 
coaches accountable, mm-hmm. their schools accountable. Um, there's something happening, and I think there's a tipping point that uh, is is coming very very soon. Yeah, you know, there's an interesting case. Uh, I think it was last week. It came out that Khalil Tate, you know, had, had tried to submarine yeah. the hiring of Nikendi Matalolo, and, and I, I would assume he, you know, had some probably some type of influence there. You know, I mean, uh, which you know, I mean, it's it's interesting. And, and then you look back at what happened with Missouri a couple of years ago. I mean, you know, what those kids were able to do just by threatening to uh, sit out a game. I mean, that's that, that's powerful stuff. More so than I think. More so than I think the the athletes realize, or I think they're starting to to kind of pick up on that. Yeah, and it's coming very very quickly, and and we'll see uh, where that pops up. But that's sort of kind of the macro storyline I'm I'm following and trying to get a pulse on, try to figure out how to write about and all that. Um, you know, in terms of the you know, in terms of the the micro level, uh, obviously with Ohio State, that's going to take up a lot of the oxygen you know I, I think um, one of the things I'm really interested in is is a lot of these coaches have gotten into these amazing deals right um, I mean Gus Malzahn making seven million a year mm-hmm. um, you know long-term money and guaranteed money and uh, you know is that is there gonna be a tipping point there that yeah. um, you know that that People, if if these guys start to lose a little bit, you know, I, I'm I'm sort of waiting for, and this will be, this, I don't know how this would work, but I'm sort of waiting for the school that kind of money balls, money balls it in co- in mm-hmm. college coaching. You know what I mean? It just says, yeah. why are we paying, you know, seven million dollars a year when we could get basically the same results paying somebody a million dollars a year? You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. I yeah. Well, and on top of that, now we're looking at at. A huge, huge, you know, kind of upswing in, in the pay for uh, assistance. I mean, coordinators, you know, uh, you know, you've got in some places, you know, defensive or offensive coordinators making making more than the uh, you know athletic directors who hired them. We saw we're used to that for head coaches, but I mean, these aren't even the head guys, you know. Yeah, right. Like, how important really is the head coach? And what if instead it's you know a bunch of guys who are good, you know, at Madden video games who are drawing up your plays? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I mean, there's is there a way to reimagine how we, we do this in terms of coaching um, that, that exploits uh, a weakness or exploits some sort of un- unexplored area uh, that nobody else is on that? I'm kind of interested in that. If anyone, if anyone tries to do that. Yeah. Well, who would have thought Ed Orgeron might be a, uh, you know, cutting edge guy, <laughs> you know, or Dabo, yeah, I, I that's, guess. that's not the example I was necessarily. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dabo. Yeah. Uh, Ed Orgeron was not necessarily the example I was thinking of, but, uh, you know, it's interesting. Uh, so yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, and, and also, I mean, the playoff, like, is there going to be, you know, the, I, I was surprised resonance the UCF thing had last year. Mm -hmm. And I, I think, uh, the people in charge of the sport have been a little tone deaf to it because I know it's sort of cool to, or I don't want to say cool, but it's just sort of like the the snooty power five thing, which is, yeah, UCF in a playoff wouldn't have beaten you know those mm-hmm. teams and whatever. And I get that if that's true, um, but I'll tell I'll tell you this from a public perception standpoint, I think UCF kind of won that argument. And I'm 
surprised. Like, that surprised me. Yeah. That they won that argument. And, and I think you can sort of imagine it and say, well, what if last year you would have had a quarterfinal with one seed uh, Clemson versus eight seed UCF? I mean, that might have been the most interesting, uh, most, you know, that would have been about as hyped of, uh, as any game that there was. I mean, it, 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 the playoff this year, even though the, the final was good and the and the Rose Bowl was good, it's not like the country sort of was a buzz about. Yes, yeah. yeah, no, that's uh, a good point. So, I don't know. We'll yeah, see how that takes shape too. Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, they all the talk though, God, about like about what to do with the season and everything like that. Based on the point, I mean, to me, it's just like you've got a good thing going, like. I don't understand why they keep trying to, to change things or to keep worrying about all this. They're going to end up, it's going to end up in my opinion, having a whiplash effect on them at some point, I think, but that's just me. I don't know. Um, well, anyway, Dan, appreciate it, man. Thanks so much. Uh, best of luck on the season. Anything uh, we should be looking forward to uh, story-wise or anything like that coming out soon? Oh, uh, working on, I'm always working on a couple things. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll see. Uh, see how they develop but uh, i think most of of your listeners probably uh know where to find me yep yep absolutely well dan really appreciate it man uh thanks alan always fun to talk see you all right again thanks to uh dan wolken of usa today sports longtime guest longtime friend of our show who uh is always very gracious with his time so really appreciate dan coming on talk a little bit about ohio state and everything else that's going on in college sports right now so anyway uh thank you all for joining us too For the Blayton Homers and Podcast, I'm Alan Kenny. Take it easy.